Welcome. You are listening to Talking Up Eagle Mountain, where we discuss a variety of topics related to Eagle Mountain City government, services, programs, and goals. I am Mayor Tom Westmoreland, and I will be the host for this episode. Today we're going to be talking about snow removal. In fact, as we're uh, uh, recording this, it's uh, it's been snowing through the night and expected to snow through the day. So it's uh, definitely a pertinent topic. Uh, we have with us uh, our streets manager, Zach Hilton. Thank you for being with us today, Zach. I know you have a busy schedule. Thanks for having me. And we also have uh, Jim Barney, our neighborhood improvement officer. Yep, glad to be here. Yeah, we were hoping to have a few others, uh, but uh, Nathan Sorensen, uh, our street supervisor, has been out uh, plowing, and uh, Jeannie West, uh, another one of our neighborhood improvement officers, is uh, out sick today. But uh, we've got plenty to talk about. We want to thank uh, Linda Peterson for producing this uh, podcast. So, Zach, let's go ahead and, and uh, dig right into this. Um, what can you tell us about uh, the challenges, the process of uh, keeping the streets clear of snow? Um, you know, just, just to give some perspective, um, you know, these guys have been out all night last night. They'll be out all day today. Um, it's common for these storms, especially a lot of this year, uh, that it's a storm after storm after storm, right? And the Monday storm that we had this Monday that went into Tuesday, just to give to some perspective, just in that little over 24-hour period, we used 403 tons of salt. Uh, it took 139 man hours um, and it was about 2,000 miles driven. Some perspective to the mileage. If I got on my truck right now in Eagle Mountain and drove to New York City, that's 2,197 miles. So just in that one storm on Monday into Tuesday, uh, it was almost equivalent to driving across the United States. Just, just to clean up our city. That's um, a lot of truck activity yeah. to, to keep those streets clear. Yeah. And, you know, the, I'm sure the f- frustrating part of it is, is you can do all that, and if it continues to snow, uh, it, you know, it just keeps coming down. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we battle with that. It's, it's the guys working long hours. Sometimes with these storms, they, they almost finish, and it just starts over. That storm, you know, there's a lot of roads that were hit three, four times. Um, and and it's it's not just doing the snow removal. It's it's battling the equipment. When the equipment runs long hours like that, it's hard on the equipment. We're constantly battling things breaking down. Or, yeah, it's got to be a lot of wear and tear for sure. So uh, that's one thing that uh, is, is easy to overlook. Really, our, our road crews... Uh, on snow removal, they're a uh, they're a response team, right? They they're essentially on call to go uh, out uh, whenever it snows, regardless of what they're doing at the time. Yeah, correct. They, they are they are required to be available and ready to go. Um, you know, some of these storms, it's it's uh, people checking in and out as well right for obviously safety reasons sure we don't like running our drivers for uh, any more than a maximum of 15 hours straight 
Um, and sometimes these trucks will run for 30, 40 hours straight and drivers are just swapping out and, and just running that equipment and going and going and going. That's got to be a lot to manage, especially when you uh, don't have 100% knowledge of exactly uh, what the weather is going to be. I mean, sometimes we get a little bit of a heads up. Sometimes that can be a false warning. Uh, but uh, sometimes it just keeps coming down, and, and so uh, we need to be rep- uh, prepared regardless. So let's talk a little bit about um, how we can, you know, because when it comes to uh, keeping our roads clear so that people can, you know, get back and forth to work, to school, to the grocery store, to the doctor, whatever uh, you know, whatever their transportation needs are, whatever their travel needs are, uh, we want to do our best to make sure that those roads are clear and, uh, uh, you know, un- uninhibited so, so that they can uh, get to their uh, appointments on time and safely, right? So uh, we need to uh, all work together to make this work, and that's part of the reason that uh, – Code enforcement gets involved because sometimes, uh, you know, life and 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 uh, keeping roads clear and all of that, it it sometimes uh, it conflicts a little bit. So, um, can you tell us a, a little bit about uh, some of the challenges or some of the needs, perhaps, in code enforcement, just to make sure our residents understand what they can do to help uh, uh, make that road clearing process a little smoother, a little safer, a little better for everyone. Jim, can you uh, chime in on that? Sure. Like uh, last uh, December, right around the beginning of the the season, we sent out a a newsletter uh, stating that uh, the vehicles can't be uh, put on the uh, streets from November 1st to March 15th in the next year only during snow accumulation and that. And so that's just for safety reasons so the plows can get through and everything. And, and we kind of addressed the, uh, some problem areas. Uh, Zach gave us a list of, of areas to, uh, you know, go out there and check out and make sure that, you know, they're clear. We put notices on, on their vehicles just to remind them to get them off the street. And they can, they, they can put them on the, the the front yards, whatever, just as long as they're in a safe spot, just temporarily, and um, and just be be mindful of, of when it's going to snow, and just be aware that there are going to be trucks coming out, and possibly, you know, you know, if they're on both sides, like you said earlier, you know, it's hard for them to get through. So, Jim, you and Jeannie then are um, particularly attentive to the areas that you know tend mm-hmm. to be somewhat problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe roads are a little narrower. Maybe there's just um, higher uh, density of, uh, of vehicles in the area, uh, or, or whatever the case may be. But uh, you try to uh, be aware of those ahead of time and, and be uh, as proactive as you can. Is that yes? Mm-hmm. So uh, can can we go through those just just one more time? So what what are the months that um, from November first to the the uh, March fifteenth of the preceding year okay and so and then particularly sensitive if uh, we have a pretty good idea it's going to snow you, mm-hmm. you know that snow plows are going to have to be uh, going down those roads so maybe multiple times even sure so yep 
and on inside curves, particularly, you know, because if you're coming down the road on a, you know, in a uh, snow plow or whatever, I mean, it's hard to make turns with the, with the heavy load of salt and everything. So I think something to keep in mind that some people may not realize is, you know, these trucks are, uh, they have a 12 foot plow in front of them that they're trying to navigate. Um, that's about just the perfect height of taking out uh, side mirrors. Um, and, and it's a 10 wheel dump truck. So when you're going around radius, you're trying to navigate a 12 foot plow um, between the parked cars, as well as by the time you're coming through with the back end of your truck, making sure that your back end of your truck's not clipping them either. Like uh, some of these situations can be pretty difficult to navigate and, and and we have some areas that the driver can't see it coming. So once he's there, it's past the point of no return, right? They, they're they there uh, and they're committed or, or they're backing down streets in the dark, yeah, which that, is just as dangerous. Yeah, so. that sounds even worse. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, uh, Zach, are there any, any stories that you can relate to us that uh, might uh, help? you know, bring, uh, you know, some, some, some light to these situations as far as uh, what, what our drivers run into. Uh, not, you know, maybe that was a bad choice of words, <laughs> but what, what they, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, challenges uh, that they have to deal with and, 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 and obstacles they need to move maneuver around. I've certainly seen some interesting driving tactics through the year uh, I won't really pick on anybody but uh, I, I think it's really important to understand what kind of vehicle you drive you know, whether you have rear wheel drive front wheel drive all wheel drive four wheel drive all these play a role it's important to know what you're driving um, I've seen some people with uh, sports cars is a big one right they've got a big heavy engine block in the front the rear wheel drive the worst vehicle you can drive in the snow um, and, and I've seen a few of them doing helicopters down Ranches Parkway uh, but but it's also important I think for people to understand you know if, especially if you're a commuter that, that you're not just paying attention to the forecast and the weather but be mindful whether they're saying that that storm's coming in tonight or is it coming in in the morning um, because these are going to have a huge impact on you um, with snow removal. Uh, because we don't start until the storm starts, right? There's there's not much we're doing before this takes place. And a lot of the times when it looks like we haven't done anything, it's because that storm comes in at 5 o'clock in the morning, right? And and our snow plows start when the commute starts. Uh, and, and it puts those commuters in. Uh, in, in a, a much more hazardous situation, as well as for our drivers, because now we're caught up in the commute as well, and it's harder for us to get our job done. Whereas if that storm comes in at night, we're out here all night and getting it done, and it gives us it gives us a time frame in order to get some work done to clear that. And, and I think it's important for people to be mindful, especially those who are aware of what that forecast is, that, that if, they're, if they're saying it's more of a, a morning storm, to be even more mindful to give yourself adequate time or or make different plans if if that if it's something you're capable of doing um 
Whereas if it's more of a nighttime storm, it's much more likely that we'll have the time to get better conditions in the morning. Well, judging from what I know about uh, the history of, of our local weather and, and our snowfall is about the only thing that seems to be real cons- <laughs> consistent is that, that it's very inconvenient yeah. uh, regardless. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the snow will come down on Christmas Eve and our people need to be out there. Uh, it'll come down uh, right when everyone's trying to get to work uh, and our people need to be out there uh, getting it clear and uh, doing, you know, doing their best to help people travel safely on our streets. So uh, let's let's talk a little bit about then just managing all of that and and, and being efficient. So how many how many trucks do we have? Uh, we have three ten wheel dump trucks. We have two six wheel dump trucks and two pickup trucks. Um, for an on-call service, we're usually running at least seven guys. Um, and, and most of those are ran through the bigger trucks. Obviously, the bigger trucks um, provide much more of a service. They're carrying a lot more salt. They're making bigger passes with the snow plow. Um, but they're also higher maintenance. So... Uh when when say you know one of those trucks picks up a load of the salt now I, I don't know the exact makeup of the salt I, it's not table salt but it's uh, it's got some mineral content to it as well I don't know if it's sand or exactly so what it is actually the salt that we do use actually is good actually healthy table salt <laughs> it's good to they, eat they, huh? they, we we use Redmond salt um, which okay. is why it's red it's 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 full of minerals. It's mined right out of the ground in Utah, down by Salina. Um, the color just comes from the minerals. There's there's no additives in it. Um, it's it's the exact same thing um, when you go to the store and you buy real salt from Redmond. It's it, it it's labeled of, as real salt. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's it's considered a much healthy alternative to using white table salt uh, because of the minerals in it. It's mined out of the same place, you know, the, the, the mine in itself, they have uh, snow removal sections of the mine and obviously food grade, but, but the actual salt in itself actually really is. Uh, so you could use it, it for table salt. You absolutely, yeah. you could. Right. <laughs> you could. And, and, and we, we choose to use Redmond, uh, which a lot of municipalities do because um, it, has a, it, it has a lower working point in temperatures um and uh, eagle mountain it's it's typical to be 15 degrees lower in eagle mountain than it is lehigh right and and we like having that salt that that does a higher quality job in lower temperatures um and it also provides uh the color which helps show a pattern you know what's on the road and it's actually less corrosive than white salt oh interesting i had no idea I had no idea. So, um, yeah, so we're not going to encourage our, our uh, people to eat the salt off the road, but... Uh, yeah, probably not a good like, idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it sounds like it's, well, one, it's uh, it's it's local to the state. Yes. And um, as you mentioned, it, it works uh, at, at sub-freezing temperatures to keep the roads from getting slick, right? That's because black ice is probably... 
the, the most feared thing on the road, yeah. right? So, uh, because, uh, yeah, if you run into that, then uh, you can't anticipate it, and uh, you pretty much lose control of the vehicle regardless of, of speed. So, um, so now, I think you mentioned earlier that um, the, the maximum length of time that one of your crew members is in the truck is 15 hours, is that right? Yeah, yeah, we like to keep it, and they're emergency vehicles, so there's there's no regulation. That's just a, a policy that we have with our department, just to keep people out and rotated. Does, does that does that ever happen though? That that you've had to to keep people in trucks that long, or is that pretty rare? Uh, you know, a long time ago, there was only a few of us to do it, and we were actually talking about this yesterday. Uh, you know, there was a time Brad Hickman and I were the only ones to snowplow, wow. wow. and, and there was a there was actually a big storm that came through that we were running about 20 hours, and then we were taking four hour naps and running an additional 20, and we did that for about three bouts. <laughs> That's dedication, um, right there. Which is yeah. why I feel passionately that yeah. we have, uh, you know, uh, a a good turnout because. Um, I mean, you get to a point there that you're you're trying to keep the public safe, but maybe you're the, you know, if you're out there too long, maybe you're the, what's keeping people unsafe. Okay. So uh, tell us a little bit about the process that you go through, because obviously there aren't enough trucks, there aren't enough people to get to every road at the same time. So what's your priority list? How do you work down through that to between plowing and spreading uh, the, the salt mixture? Um, how, how does that, what's that look like? That's a great question. Um, certainly, our number one priority roads are arterial roads, um, and and you can get storms that are just consistently laying it down for hours, right? And if we get caught in a storm like that, uh, we're basically keeping the lifeline open, right? Our trucks are running back and forth on these main roads and keeping them. And, and so, what are some of those roads? Just so our listeners know, what an arterial road might might be. Our, our major ones are going to be Eagle Mountain Boulevard, Pony Express Parkway, and Ranches Parkway. Those are always our first and foremost, as well as schools on school days. We always want to make sure that we're hitting our school zones at about the same time. Um, and those are always our number one priority. Then we move on to what we would call collector roads, um, which are major roadways connecting subdivisions, um, Porter's Crossing, Silver Lake Parkway, uh, roads that are typically 45 feet wide or so. Um, and then from there, we start focusing on subdivisions with hills, bends that are more hazardous. And we work our way down to subdivisions that are flat um, or lower trafficked roads. So. And then how does that work with 73? So I noticed you didn't mention 73. Of course, that's a state road. Uh, how does that work? Correct. We do not do anything on SR 73. UDOT maintains that road. Would you say that their, um, their application is similar to ours, or does it, does it vary at all? Uh, yeah, I would say in a lot of ways. Um, our environment's definitely different in the sense that uh, UDOT's hitting more highway, freeway-type roads. They're not dealing with manholes. They're not dealing with curb and gutters. They're not dealing with parked cars. 
So theirs is more of a straight shot. They're just yeah. pushing the snow to the side yeah. and moving on. Which typically means their equipment can be bigger. They can put a bigger impact, which is really convenient. Um, you know, UDOT uses things like uh, wing plows, which hang off the side so that they can hit an extra pass. They even have trailers that osculate to the side um, so that one truck can do the job of two, uh, which just really isn't feasible other than our arterial roads um, yeah i've even seen where in some cases they'll even line up trucks pretty much uh mm -hmm. one behind the other in in run tandem. tandem yeah yep. run tandem yep. yeah yep. yeah all right what else uh, what else do we need to talk about uh as far as um particularly what our residents might need to know uh, about uh, Jim, let's let's go back to you as far as you know, keeping uh, sidewalks, driveways clear. When somebody's shoveling their driveway or their sidewalk, there's not a lot of places to put the snow. I know sometimes it's tempting if there's a lot of it to push it out in the road, which we want to discourage. Yeah, we don't right? want to. So, don't want to do that too much. You know, sometimes sometimes it's uh, not not avoidable as far as the the area that they have to, to shovel. And we'd like to see them get the sidewalks cleared within 24 hours of the snowfall. You know, basically for the safety of the, the people walking on the, the sidewalks, because if they get injured, you know, the, the homeowner's actually liable for that. Jim, how does, how does that enforcement work on something like that? What, uh, is that something that typically gets violated and needs to be enforced or where where are we with that a lot of a lot of people you know in the community they, they they're pretty good at shoveling their their walks but there are on occasion to where we do find uh snow there even you know a few days later you know you know on the, on the shady side of the fence or whatever if it's aligning the sidewalk or or whatever and so we just put a notice on on their door, we, you know, we try to knock on the door and get, you know, face-to-face -face contact and have a, you know, visit with them, and then just let them know that, you know, they need to get the sidewalk cleared, you know, just for safety reasons and and you know, pretty I mean, people's pretty good at, you know, following yeah, it, the code. It seems like most people uh, uh, do what they can mm -hmm. to to keep that clear, and so um, I, I, it doesn't seem like that's a real serious problem, but but certainly, you know. Parking on our streets can be an issue, though, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's not an easy one. Um, but uh, what's uh, what's the what's the process look like there? Because this is something that that affects everyone, and and some more than others, and and, and so it's your job mm -hmm. to keep all that working smoothly. Yep. Yep. Well, we have we have violation notices that we put on vehicles. We have uh, courtesy notices that we put on doors just as a reminder of uh, what the code states and that there's a possible storm coming up. Uh, we are uh, looking into, you know, possibly seeing if we, the city has properties that we can have, like overflow temporary parking that's been discussed and, you know, see how that would go in the future. So this is in the best interest of, our, our, of all of our residents, mm -hmm. even those that have um, difficulty uh, finding a, a, a good place to park, park their vehicle, because we certainly don't want uh, their property damaged, mm -hmm. and and even more so, we you know we don't want anyone injured. Right. right? So, 
this is all an effort to to work together mm -hmm. to uh, to the best result. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it's important that we keep those roads clear so that there aren't uh, auto accidents uh, and. Uh, Particularly when, uh, you know, mornings uh, and afternoons, there are uh, a lot of the, you know, the school kids going back and forth and trying to, to maneuver across those roads and, and through traffic and amongst parked vehicles mm -hmm. as well. And uh, if, if the snow is coming down during those times, it's just going to complicate yep. it that much more. Yep, exactly. And I would, I would mention also at school zones, like Zach was mentioning, um, you know, during school hours, when the kid, the, the parents are dropping the kids off, you know, you know, make sure they're 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 using the crosswalks. Uh, there's a few times that I actually noticed that you know parents would just pull off to the side and just walk through the traffic, and not not you know taking the time to walk down to the crosswalk and then letting the the crossing guard you know escort them across the, the, the street. They just didn't want to take the time to walk their child up and 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 use the crosswalks. So I would I would recommend that they do that. You know, just you know, it's this big safety thing. You don't want to be walking your child through the traffic, you know, because they're stopped. Just because they're stopped doesn't doesn't mean that they're going to be seen. Sure. Um, so if someone uh, does uh, become aware, witnesses something that is concerning to them, that looks to be a, a safety issue mm -hmm. or a property issue. Uh, can they call the hotline and report that? Sure. Or they can send us an email. Uh, they can call our, our line directly, and, um, and that's right there on the city website. And we'll go and, and, you know, watch that particular area, like if it is a school zone, uh, traffic or, or whatever, and, and uh, we'll be more than happy to go out there and, and watch it for a while. Okay, Jim, do you have that email where they can uh, send that information? Uh, is that neighborhoodimprovement at emcity.org? Yes. Okay. All right. And uh, what's, our, what's our hotline number again? Does anyone have that? It's 801-789-5959. All right. And we do encourage use of that, uh, that hotline. That's why, that's why it's there. And... and uh, uh, just for to capitalize on that a little bit, um, you know, the streets obviously utilizes the hotline as well. Um, but I would advise the public that, you know, if, if there's a big storm out there and, and it's obvious that 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 there it's snowing um, to refrain from calling the hotline, that the hotline that you're calling is the same people that are going to be out plowing. And if they're constantly just trying to report uh, to your subdivision that's under snow, they're not plowing. They're on the side of the road trying to communicate, right? Um, that being said, if, if it's something that's lingered for days or, or whatever that, that you see things are, appear to be done, then maybe that's a more appropriate time to use that. But... but to be realistic that you know we probably don't need to be notified if if the whole subdivision and the whole city's under snow right so if it's snowing our trucks are out yeah. there yeah. Uh, doing the best they can uh, hitting the priority yeah. areas already um, but yeah so what we're what we're uh, hoping to hear about are, are things that might be unusual or that that may have right. been missed 
So, um, yeah, so because we definitely want to, uh, if, if there's an emergency situation, we want to make sure it gets handled. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, regular routine maintenance, uh, our drivers will be following their protocols, yeah. right? So, all right, so um, what else, uh, what, what else might we touch on as we're getting close to wrapping up here? What uh, what have we left out? Are there are there some uh, areas in the city that uh, that that need particular attention that we we, we want to mention that we're let, let residents know let, let our listeners know that we're we're aware of those and and so we we you know we uh, we, we tend to keep an eye on them. Uh, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, certainly. Uh, you know, sloped areas, uh, intersections, uh, things like that. Maybe areas where um, more vehicles do tend to get parked. Perhaps uh, any any anything else that we want to bring. Uh, up? I think some of the things I would like to to just bring up to be mindful. Uh, one is is you know these storms can be very frustrating for everybody. They're they're equally frustrating for the. The snow fighters that are trying to combat it to get you to and from point A to point B safely. They're, snow fighters. That's what, snow fighters. That's actually the term that they uh, actually I, I use, like that. which I, okay. I and I do too, right? <laughs> a, a firefighter, he's fighting an element, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and snow fighters are fighting uh, nature's elements, um, and that's actually the term they do use. And sometimes it definitely feels like a fight. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's be aware that. Their point A to point B is when all that hazard is gone. They've got to drive the whole thing through and through. Uh, that's their point A to point B. They're not driving a magic truck. It doesn't keep them on the road. They're driving uh, sometimes equipment that's harder to drive than than a lot of what the public's driving. Um, so be appreciative. Like These guys work hard. Uh, their job can be stressful. It can be scary. And it is for everyone. Try to be mindful of that. Um, if if you see a plow, it's it's crazy how common this is that in a snow plow you get stuck behind a vehicle. Um, sometimes you don't have the opportunity, but but if you have the opportunity to get out of the way of the plow, merge off to the right, let it move on. He'll be able to do his job faster. He'll be able to make it safer for more people, and you can come in behind the plow and certainly have a better. That seems like uh, a better driving experience to be behind the plow rather yeah, than in front and, of one. And, yeah. and you can't always do that, but, yeah. but certainly if if you got a bunch of lights flashing behind you, and you can get out of the way, let him get out of the way, so he can he can try to make it a better experience for everyone. Great, right? that's. That's that's great advice. Well, I want to thank our uh, our snow fighters and our code enforcement people uh, uh, for all that they do for our residents and working with our residents to make Eagle Mountain safer and more pleasant uh, traveling experience. So, I uh, also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you do have any subjects you would like us to cover, please let us know, and we'll be happy to uh, to discuss those. Uh, and uh, again, thank you for thank you for listening. You have been listening to Talking Up Eagle Mountain. Thank you. Hello, Evan here. If you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode of the podcast, you can send an email to info at emcity.org or send a text message to 801-358-1175.
That's 801-358-1175.